From the heights of New York City, welcome to Inwood Artworks On Air, where we meet musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes who make their home what we affectionately call Upstate Manhattan. I'm Aaron Sims. And I'm Jonathan Bell. And this is Live and Local. It's our podcast dedicated to showcasing the musicians of Upper Manhattan. We talk with them about what they do, and best of all, listen to them perform live in one of our favorite local venues. Today, we are excited to welcome composer, arranger, and pianist, Rich Shamaria. Rich is a longtime Inwood resident and currently the jazz composer in residence within the NYU Steinhardt Jazz Studies Program, where he teaches composition and arranging and directs the NYU Jazz Orchestra. Along with Dave Schroeder, he formed the band Combo Nouveau, which recorded his One World Suite, a composition he wrote as a positive statement on climate change, and the band toured it internationally. He has written music for Tony Bennett, Lady Gaga, Stevie Wonder, Tom Scott, and a host of others. From 1994-96, he was the director of the UMO Jazz Orchestra, the national radio big band of Finland based in Helsinki, where he recorded two albums, The Prescription, the music of Lenny Pickett and Michael Brecker, live in Helsinki in 1995, both on Random Act Records. His album, 3AM, from Amosa Records, Amosea Records, features his New York City ensemble, the Rich Shamaria Big Band, and in January 2019, his Concerto for Trumpet and Orchestra was premiered by the NYU Symphony Orchestra featuring Wayne Dumaine on trumpet. In addition, Rich has composed for numerous brass quintets, including a bassoon concerto for a local bassoon great here in Inwood, Gil DeGene. We are thrilled to have him today as a guest on Live and Local. Without further ado, enjoy Rich Shamaria.
That was a fantastic, man. Oh, thanks, guys. Yep. Thank you so much for being here today, man. I really appreciate you being here. It's great. Thank you for asking us and having us over. Sure. So, uh, how have you been? <laughs> well, <laughs> pretty good. Uh, t since when? Since the last year? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, actually, um, I'll have to say this is the first... Uh, performance that I've I've had in wow. in over a year. Hmm. Wow! Uh, at least with me on piano, I've had my music played by others, but uh, this is our first live performance, and certainly with this group. Well, we couldn't be more honored to have you, my friend. And hmm. w would you mind telling um, the fine folks uh, what two pieces you just played? Um, this was uh, the first piece was. Uh, entitled The New World, which I wrote specifically for, for this uh, podcast and performance. Um, World premiere, everybody. You got it for, for here first. <laughs> and uh, the second piece uh, was called Parkland, uh, which is um, dedicated to the um, uh, Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, which sadly we all know was the... Uh, Place of the shootings uh, several several years ago, and um, oddly enough, I've I've also been uh, it was pointed out to me that Parkland is also the name of the hospital in Dallas that JFK was taken to uh, when he was assassinated hmm. as well. So you know the the piece actually is uh, which I never realized when I when I was writing the piece I was thinking more of the high school and and now it takes on an, an even more kind mm -hmm. of it's a bittersweet piece, you know, and um, it has a, even more poignancy, I think, with, with that. Yeah. Um, mm. And uh, the New World, the first piece we played, is um, when, when I was writing it, I actually was, when I, when I usually write and compose things, probably you do too, Jonathan, it's like, I don't really think about too much about a subject matter or a theme or, or some type of event or anything that's associated with it <laughs> really just you just think about the music and where that's going um, but in this case as I was developing the piece I started to think about uh, f for some reason I'm thinking about the discovery of North America and the new world it just kind of for some reason it just mm -hmm. came into my mind and then I started thinking about um, as I was kind of working with that and the piece was developing I thought about how we're all starting to emerge now from the, the last year of all the events that have been occurring, mm -hmm. we have been, uh, that have been occurring and how we're all sort of coming out of our shells in a way. And so we're all kind of discovering new worlds and, you know, it's, it's not, things are, are sort of the same, but not really. It's, everything is now in perspective uh, to mm -hmm. current events. So that piece is, uh, you know, it's a sort of has that promising hmm. kind of mood to it. I think a little bit of hope there at the end. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, maybe it's uh, appropriate to just uh, name the uh, other musicians. Of course, yeah. uh, we have Jim O'Connor on trumpet and flugelhorn, uh, Jerry Devore, who, another Inwood resident, uh, as well mm. as Jim mm -hmm. um, on the bass and uh, Rodrigo Recabaran on the drums. So uh, I understand you, um, you knew in advance that Jim would be part of the 
instrumentation. Um, I've heard several pieces of yours, and you know, you write very instinctively for a lot of instruments. Um, but I mean, I don't want to start selecting what I think is uh, more powerful than others in terms of your talents, but you do, you do seem, I'm wondering if you think you have an affinity for settings for the trumpet, because I just, not all melodies translate equally for different instruments. And I just, I, I, I just feel like, I, I just felt like your decisions, even intervallically, in terms of the your 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 melodies, they're just they work so well. And I wondered how much of it is for the trumpet, and even for Jim's specific what he brings to the table. Well, that's a good question. I, <clears throat> when I was younger, I played in trombone, so I'm, I have an affinity for brass anyway because okay. I've, I've been a brass player myself. Oh. And so, and I've I've written a lot of music for the brass quintets and brass ensembles and stuff. So. Um, Writing for the trumpet is, um, yeah, I do have an affinity for that, but also for Jim, because I've, uh, Jim has worked with me on several other occasions and also plays in my big band. So mm. I'm very familiar with his sound, with his tone mm. and the way he phrases. Mm -hmm. So when I started writing this piece specifically for this performance, it was, uh, you can't help it. I mean, I, I have to hear it him playing it, and I'm saying, oh, how will he play it? So some of the things I wrote were perhaps a little influenced by, by, by his tone and his phrasing specifically. He happened to mention to me afterwards uh, uh, that also it's very easy, unlike most of what he gets for trumpet, it was, it's very easy, fairly easy to play. Is that because by now you kind of, you have a working understanding of trumpet playing and its limitations and... Yeah, I mean, as a as an orchestrator, I, yeah, right. I've studied a lot of right. uh, you know instruments, and and yes, of course, you have to become familiar with it. But also, um, I my music, which you can probably tell, is is very lyrical. I don't write things that are um, that um, don't have kind of a singable melody, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So. Uh, I think for any instrument, that's a lot easier to, to play. <laughs> right. You know? right, right, right. Um, I also wanted to ask you, because one, one thing I've, I mean, I've, I've, there's a lot more I need to hear that you've written, but I feel like I've gotten at least enough of a range to have an appreciation for maybe your more, for lack of a better way of putting it, maybe more classical concert um, styles of music orchestrally and, and, and your jazz and big band and so forth. But one thing that I, uh, among many that I really love is just, it seems like groove is really foundational for you. And, um, you have, I don't know how to put it in words, I probably, but, but you have a, I don't know if it's a California West coast thing, but you have a very smooth groove and I'm wondering well, I don't know. It's not really a question. It's just an observation, and maybe you can just talk about where that maybe where that comes from. And two, does it have any? Does it does it inform your harmonic vocabulary? That emphasis, perhaps, on 
groove? Perhaps. I mean, <clears throat> I grew up in Southern California in the 60s and also the early 70s. And so the music scene back then was really rich in all kinds of things. I mean, it wasn't, when you turned on the radio, um, I, I, I was, you know, I could turn on a, a well, in the 60s, I'm going to turn on my local pop stations, you know, and plays all the hits. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we had all the great music, you know, from the 60s, which, of course, were also very lyrical, so it was very mm -hmm. rich in melodies. But at the same time, uh, in the city I grew up in, Long Beach, California, they had a really good educational system, and so we were... Um, well, always uh, privy to classical music. Uh, we had a really good orchestra and band um, system inside the junior high schools and the high schools. So there was, uh, I, I was exposed to, to all that, along with uh, when I got into jazz, we had a great jazz scene in LA in the, in the late 60s and 70s. There was all kinds of things happening. Plus, you had the you know the the early foundations of fusion jazz, and which was mm. uh, there mm -hmm. was a lot of that going on in Southern California, right. um, and so mm. I heard all that kind of stuff. So it's it's difficult to to kind of say yes, I was influenced by this or that because I would, basically I was influenced by everything. Right. <laughs> like you couldn't possibly, there was a huge amount of stuff out there. So, right. but yeah, I know what you mean. It, uh, the, the groove is yeah. it's always important. And you're, and, and sort of an, uh, sort of this effortless, um, soloing style that floats on top of it. It's just a very kind of rich Shamaria. Well, I mean, thing. you know, it's an, when you're improvising mm. like that, you need to have a good foundation underneath mm -hmm. you. So when I design uh, those uh, improvisational sections in my pieces, mm -hmm. they are specifically, or rather, um, I, I, it, it's, I just don't throw out a bunch of chords onto paper and say, okay, blow over that. You know, you have to, I, I tend to design uh, the bass lines, how the drummer might feel, and stuff like that to make it easier for the to make the improvis the improviser as comfortable as they can possibly be. Ah, interesting. So you do you do actually in a piece like New World in your chart, you actually do write out some of the bass lines. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hmm. Yeah, the one that we just heard the the it's um, that bass line is specifically written. Okay. And it um, and it creates the groove, you know. It gets it, or you know, what's a better word? Sets the mood. Right. It sets the mood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Hmm. Well, well, Rich, um, I'm curious. Uh, switching gears slightly, and segueing into arranging for um, groups and arranging for bands and directing orchestras to arranging lesson plans and directing students in the right direction for their own compositions. What was that, where was, what was that moment you, you became a teacher? Uh, when did I become a teacher? Uh, well, first of all, it, you know, it's, it, uh, I'll have to say, uh, the whole teaching thing kind of caught me by surprise. Um, it wasn't, I, I didn't go to college to learn how to become a teacher. I came here and I was a professional and the teaching opportunity came up and, and I fell into it. So. Uh, that was in 1990, I think, or 80, 89 or 90, I believe, when I started teaching at the Manus Conservatory. Um, 
which uh, used to be uptown on West 85th Street. Um, and then uh, I went to Europe. I lived in Finland, as you said, with the Umo Jazz Orchestra. And then when I came back, I started teaching at the New School and eventually um, went to NYU, where I am now, which I, I have been. That's my longest tenure in teaching. You had a stint at Bennington, didn't you? Uh, I taught at Bennington College in the summers okay. um, for about three years. Hmm. Well, they're lucky to have you. No. And, uh, and also, too, is that, I mean, do you, and, and I guess my point can get, too, is that how much do you discover about your own work um, when you are leading other people to, in theirs? Oh, geez, all the time. Hmm. You did, it's, it's a, it goes with, with teaching. I think any good teacher knows that, that you, you learn uh, constantly. Um, well, first of all, there's... You know, uh, as a teacher, uh, the teacher is just not like you You go in and you learn how to teach a class, and then you just teach that for the rest of your life. You're always looking for new ways to, to teach and to improve yourself and, and to get the material across. And so in that case, you're always uh, researching about new material and different things. So I'm, you know, I'm... Uh, discovering things. Oh, I'm discovering new worlds <laughs> of music. I mean, you can find out all kinds of things like uh, you say, oh, I need to talk, or maybe like a student will come up to you and you say, and say, hey, uh, what about this? And you, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> so you have to go research. What do you mean? You're the teacher. You're supposed yeah, to know everything, right? Yeah, right. Well, you have to go <laughs> research and you have to find out about things. So right. in just things like that oftentimes allow you to uh, you know, improve yourself, and, and you learn things all the time. But on an even, you know, more personal note, uh, I think that you, your uh, uh, teaching can also uh, largely be a lot of improvisation in it, and um, it, it requires you to be, uh, what's the word, it, you have to reflect and, and kind of look inwards and, uh, and you know, one of the big things that, I don't know, as a teacher I've always asked myself is that, man, am, am I teaching them the right stuff? <laughs> is, is what I'm saying actually, you know, uh, is, is this what I believe in and stuff? So the, hmm. I've, I, I've had to, you know, um, deal with stuff like that. I think every good teacher does that. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit more about the uh, parkland um, very, to use a word you, I think you said poignant, great word, yeah. kind of melancholy, very Bitters, bittersweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, beautiful, um, again, lyrical, but this be the head of the melody with the trumpet, um, I kind of forget exactly what happens there, but there's just some beautiful, um, sort of non enharmonic moments in the, in the trumpet, I think in the second phrase. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There are just some beautiful moments and just, just wondering, I, I, I'm, it's, it's a great opportunity for me. I, to just ask you maybe, um, I know it's very, um, at, it, it operates at a non-critical level, the creative process, but, mm -hmm. To the extent that you can, 
Can you maybe share with our listeners and uh, fellow uh, composers maybe some more conscious le level uh, strategies? Well, in uh, well, first of all, I mean, in composing. I mean, what goes on <laughs> for any composer? There's no roadmap. It, yeah, there, exactly. There's no roadmap. However, um, I think the most in, in uh, important thing is is that you know in in every well here's a, a great example there was an uh this is from something i read once in a book about composition and uh they're asking this composer uh, how, what his composition process is like and the composer says um well i sit at the piano and i begin to improvise mm -hmm. and once i've captured an idea mm -hmm. then i apply all the forces of good music to that idea Right, Joseph Haydn. Hmm. Well, so you know, yeah, wasn't and expecting that. That was a few years ago that he said that. Uh, <laughs> so, and I think the process for many composers, and certainly for myself, is is still that way. You know, you can improvise, and then you you get a motif, you get some chords, maybe a rhythm, you know, something like that, and then you mm -hmm. begin to develop it. Right. And I think that was what he meant by um, I'm applying all the good forces of music onto it. But he, you know, you're developing a theme. Um, mm -hmm. This is true not only of music, but in uh, mm -hmm. you're writing a play, you're writing a book, you're making a movie. It's it's, right. it's the same kind of process. To uh, to quote Nike, maybe just do it. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but however, I mean, beyond that, then we're we, you know, you want to start developing uh, a lot of times i mean uh, uh, you 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 either work sometimes in a vertical manner meaning you're throwing mm -hmm. down some chords and then you you put a melody over it mm -hmm. or some people work the other way you write a melody over it and you kind of put down the chords i try and do both all at once and right. making sure that the the vertical and the horizontal elements are all interacting mm -hmm. Together. I was also wondering if, um, well, you've had a decent survey of the musical and sort of jazz scene over a number of decades. And mm -hmm. I guess I would like to get your impression um, for where you feel like the jazz and maybe just the new, new music scene is going, mm -hmm. what seems promising to you, maybe even some names that you uh, um, that you maybe champion some um, boy I don't know uh, that's that's or trends say trends in the positive and negative it's, yeah you know. you know I have to tell you right at this moment currently mm -hmm. it's difficult to 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 comment on that because of this huge layoff this kind of mm -hmm. lull that we've all had for the last year and a half mm -hmm. um, but uh, I I don't know I'm 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 not one that's big on trends I mean because I spend a lot of time working with my own music so I'm really only concerned my my major concern is just sure. where am I going where's my own music I going? guess I su I suppose I ask because of your connection to NYU and you are kind of tied into a youthful mm -hmm. scene and you kind of hear from students yeah. what they're into. Um, and well, I will tell you one thing. I mean, just as as far as you know, trying to to keep music going in 
in kind of a forward motion, uh, a piece I just recently wrote, which was performed at NYU, I wrote for the NYU Symphony for the orchestra, and it, uh, it's called uh, Symphonic Variations on a Theme by Wayne Shorter. Right. So this is in, in, in that piece, I incorporate not only just jazz elements, but also modern orchestral elements as well. So, um, and along with the orchestra, we had uh, tenor saxophonist Chris Potter performing and improvising on That's the great. piece as well. So in that, and it's not just, you know, like uh, an or orchestra piece, which sometimes you often hear where it's just a jazz piece that has an orchestra <laughs> playing it, you know, which is this, but I tried to in make it, this is like an orchestral piece that features some jazz elements in it as well. So okay. I think it's in, as far as I'm concerned, that's the way that I'd like to take, that's uh, one of the things that I'd like to see that happen more. Uh, is sort of working across those sort of, those boundaries of tradition? Yeah, you bet. Uh, I think mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's not only is it, uh, I, I think it's uh, a really, I mean, those are, Sometimes, uh, like the orchestral world and the jazz world, are two kind of really far apart elements, and to bring them together in a way where um, where there's there's no degradation of one or the other, right? And, you know, and, right. and trying to keep the them both vital in a piece. I, I think that's a way to go. Who who are some of your um, who are some of your um, influences? Um, or people who have um, shaped your specifically arranging an orchestration orchest orchestration prowess. Well, um, boy, <laughs> because that's a big that's a big it's a part. Long list, man. <laughs> well, because your your interest in seeing that work between yeah. the orchestral world and the jazz world sort of assumes an ability on the orchestration front, which is right. not the case with jazz people always. But you're someone who actually has that range. You know, I, and, yeah, you know. as far as like jazz writers go, composers and writers, of course, uh, you know, people like Gil Evans. Right, and, of course. Um, um, George Russell, who I really the stuff that you know they were doing back in the right. in the fifties and stuff was really amazing, um, and then uh, Thad Jones, who I dearly love, uh, when I was growing up in Los Angeles, as a, in like when I was in high school, I was probably didn't know it at the time, but I'm very influenced by Quincy Jones mm. and also Oliver Nelson, who was mm. tremendous. Uh, I mean, they that's like I can. You know, I kind of just, that stuff was, I intuitively kind of right. took that into my, yeah. myself. Uh, a really big um, influence on me was Bob Brookmeyer, mm -hmm. uh, who I uh, worked with in the BMI Composers Workshop when it was just getting going. It was right back at the beginning, along with Manny Album, and they were very influential on my, mm. Bob on my composition, Manny on my orchestration, and, you know, and then also very influenced by classical composers right. and orchestrators. And That's right. I don't know. That list is, is, is huge. Just Not to mention that that ability has landed you some interesting and fun gigs like the yeah. Tony Bennett. 
I did, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I did. Um, it was a last-minute rush job, and I mean like three days, yeah. and where I had to do uh, some pieces for Lady Gaga and for Stevie Wonder, right, as well, and uh, that and, and that was kind of cool. Tom Scott was the musical director, and Tom and I had been working together, and uh, and they had their first rehearsal, and she came up to him and said, uh, "Well, I want the orchestra with that," and Tom. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a really Fast phone Small call. request. And, yeah, yeah, put that together. Who do I know can put together an orchestration right now for, <laughs> for, for uh, Born This Way? Yeah. Or whatever she's Call been. Rich. He's yeah, the guy. Rich. He's the guy. Absolutely. So, but that was a lot of fun. Do you have any memorable performances <clears throat> of your work like, that really stay with you? Um, boy, memorable performances. Um, yes, actually, the first time... Uh, well, this group that you had mentioned earlier in uh, my bio, Combo Nouveau, which uh, was that I've a uh, group that we have with my uh, musical partner, Dave Schroeder. And uh, we took the group to um, Costa Rica uh, to work with the, uh, the Costa Rican National Symphony there. And so to do that, of course, well, somebody had to write all the orchestrations for that performance, which was once again was oh, me. There's a symphony. <laughs> yeah, Rich. So, uh, and and that was the first time that. And so I had written, uh, I don't know, several pieces. I don't know, it's eight or ten pieces that I wrote for that concert, and they were first-rate orchestra. So that was really the first time that we had uh, that I got my pieces played by a really great orchestra. Hmm. You know, and so. We were down there, and during the rehearsals, you know, we had the combo nouveau was set in sort of up front of the orchestra, and the orchestra was all around us. And the piano, the, the horn players guys were in front, and, and then uh, the piano was sort of in the, behind the horn players and in front of the orchestra. So I was right in the middle of the orchestra. So sometimes in, and, it, and the orchestra was sounding so good, and we had, several days to rehearse, which as you know, it's a real close to a miracle. Right, and, yeah. it's nice. uh, and sometimes I would just stop playing <laughs> and listen to the orchestra and think, oh my gosh, this is just the greatest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Wow. wow. What a great experience. Yeah, that was one of the, yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> when it stops you from playing your own music. <laughs> yeah. It was really nice. Wow. Great experience. So Rich, um, I think you have another treat for us coming up can you uh, tell us what you're going to play next yeah the next piece that we're going to play is called the invisible bridge uh which aaron i'm sure you remember uh, i wrote for the inwood artworks uh art show that you had uh, how long ago was that i think that was 2018 yeah, yeah. called uh the invisible bridge mm -hmm. uh which was about uh the artists in our neighborhood in inwood that's right that's right yeah. And uh, so that piece, yeah, I wrote it for that. And um, I don't know, I, I tried to get uh, I, the flavor of, of the show as well as kind of thinking just about the flavor of our neighborhood. And, and that's what you're going to hear. <laughs> yeah, it just so a little context. It was a group show of uh, about 50 local artists who all had a piece, a part of this greater show to show that we are a very multicultural, diverse mm -hmm. community full of incredibly talented people. 
And then Rich just absorbed that and turned it into another multicultural, <laughs> multi-diversified, being played by really talented people about really talented people. Yeah. So that was pretty special. Thanks yes. again for that. Uh, my pleasure. It was, it's always great. Which is another thing I like about Inwood Artworks is you guys provide opportunities for us to, to do creative things. Hmm. Uh, whether it's the art show or this thing or playing uh, um, in the park. <laughs> or, 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 al or almost. Yes. And, and, well, the music festival, that was cool. Yeah, and the music festival. Drug stores. Was, was great. Dictor yeah. Pharmacy. Yeah, the Dictor Pharmacy. I will have to say, we just have to point out that, uh, or in case anybody's wondering about the uh, performance in the park, uh, we were going to play before, we, this, I think it's one of the greatest stories I could possibly tell it, about, you asked about one of the greatest performances, <laughs> the, well this is it, we went to go play bef uh, before the movie, which was, uh, be, uh, the, a movie about climate change, yeah, it was, Leonardo um, yeah, it was uh, Before the Flood, before, the, before flood. the Flood, a documentary called Before the Flood, right, and we're out there with Kevin, Delaney, Yep. And, and Jim and Jerry and, and uh, Rodrigo. Was, was, was Actually, it this band? It was this band. Yeah. And uh, we're going to, you know, we're getting ready to play. And Kevin goes into his thing. And just as we're getting to play, the skies they just open up. opened up right on us. It was, like a, it was like a night that was like, <laughs> I think, like 10% chance of rain. And, it, mm -hmm. and boy, that 10% chose the exact moment of the day to rain. Most then. memorable non-performance. Yeah, memorable performance. <laughs> so uh, very, we always thought it was Rich and I do joke and <laughs> shake our heads in laughter about the fact that <laughs> a movie about climate change and a whole band oh, yeah. playing with the composition about climate change gets rained out <laughs> in a park surrounded by nature. <laughs> I mean, you, 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 can't, you can't write that stuff. Well, one day we shall overcome and we will have Combo Nouveau play one world suite in Inwood. Uh, it just won't be outside. <laughs> well, maybe it will one day. You never know. Uh, well, anyway, um, we're thrilled to have uh, one more piece for you to listen to from Rich Samaria. Enjoy. Thank you. 
Oh, man, I loved hearing that again. Thank you so much. That was wonderful. Another happening rich groove. Absolutely. Um, so, really and, nice. and also I want to say again, just highlighting again, I, and we're also thrilled that you're inspired to write a new piece, uh, the new world for this podcast. So thanks again for that. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, so uh, a, world, a rich Shamaria world premiere composition. Uh, rich, uh, before we take off here, um, I mean, we could hear you play all evening. Is there a place where we could send people to hear more of your music? Um, I have a YouTube channel uh, with okay. my big band, Rich Shamaria Big Band. Hmm. Uh, so you can find, I think we have 10 pieces up there. Um, it, it, and I'm, there's some other things. On, if you type in my name, all kinds of things come up on, on, on the Google search Good or things whatever. Though, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's no, what no. we all fear. Uh, it's it's musical stuff yeah. right right <laughs> awesome well we'll uh we'll get your name up there at youtube so people can can follow you there uh so uh anyway thank you again rich thank for you. being here today oh thanks for having us it's terrific it's really wonderful always a pleasure and um this is live and local uh it's inward artworks on air podcast where we meet the musicians filmmakers writers theater makers and artists of all kinds who make their home here and what we affectionately call upstate Manhattan. Uh, if you have a moment, uh, please show some love right now by rating this podcast on Apple Podcasts. That really helps. And please share with your friends. If you like what we're doing, um, we are essentially trying to build a platform here. This is the only, po- this is the only podcast for local artists in northern Manhattan. 
uh, to be represented, and uh, we feel there's a lot of talented people um, who deserve to be heard. So please share. Thanks to Hudson View Gardens here uh, for hosting us in their lounge, and also to HeightsHeights.com for local uptown promotional support. Be sure to follow us on social media at Inwood Artworks to keep up with all that we do, which includes the Inwood Film Festival, Filmworks Sal Fresco, pop-up art galleries, live performances, and so much more. Uh, you can support us if you like, and all our programming by making a tax-free donation at inwoodartworks.nyc backslash donate. This program is supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with City Council, and in part by a grant from the NYC and Company Foundation with partial support by Manhattan Borough President Gail Brewer. From the top of Manhattan and the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for being with us today on Inwood Artworks On Air. This is Aaron Sims. I'm Jonathan Bell. For Inwood Artworks On Air. <laughs>